It is my privilege to introduce today's guest speaker. Aaron Welty was diagnosed with cerebral palsy as a newborn. He overcame those early years of low expectations and presupposed poor quality of life to graduate from Cedarville University and serve as a senior legislative assistant in the House of Representatives, wherein he worked on a variety of policy issues. Presently, he lives and works in Washington, D.C. Aaron invests his time and energy speaking to the intersection of faith and fando. He brings a unique perspective in discussing culturally accepted concepts of weakness and happiness. Aaron does this by melding heroic journey stories such as Star Wars and Marvel films with his own story. He applies this understanding to share wisdom affirmed through four decades of overcoming medical and mobility challenges as he has chased dreams across the globe. An avid fan of comic books, superheroes, and Star Wars, Aaron has shared his story on outlets such as NBC Nightly News, Facing Life Head On, Roll Call, The Digital Signal, and various media radio programs. His writing has been featured by a variety of publications and has pre been presented at conferences and conventions. He is the creator and moderator of the Council of Nerds film discussion series at the Miracle Theater in Washington, D.C., and has served as co-host for the Two Geek Soup podcast focused on the intersection of faith and geek culture. You can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please welcome Aaron Welty. Good morning, everybody. If I told you that weakness is actually heroic, would you believe it? If I told you that weakness is actually heroic, would you believe me? What I'd like to do in the time we have this morning is I'd like us to all go on a journey together. A journey into scenes and stories of both hardship and joy. And to start off this morning, I'm going to share something with you. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to share something with you that happened to me before I got the opportunity to go overseas with a group of friends. Can we kick to the next slide? Hopefully this works. Okay. Right? Right? So, some of you, you see that and you cringe. You cringe hard. A lot of you, you see that and you do what you just did. You laugh at it because it, it is kind of funny. It, it is kind of funny. But I think most of us, you're looking at me right now and you're thinking, Aaron, why in the world would you share something like that with us? Something that is so potentially embarrassing. 
The reason is because if I'm going to talk about weakness this morning, I need to be honest with you and vulnerable with you about what my weakness is. And so this morning, we're going to talk about this idea that weakness is heroic. Now, to give you some context for what you saw, this is it. This is blue steel. And for most of my life, I've taken walkers just like this and just run everywhere, um, particularly when it comes to inclines. That's an incline in an airport in the D.C. area. And I will run, and I'll hop up on the back, and I will let momentum and physics take me the rest of the way. That day, physics decided to have some fun at my expense. <laughs> you know, nothing you can do about it. But here's the other thing about that. That was the moment when my friends realized that the adventure we were about to go on wouldn't break me. And that adventure ended up being the key to some incredible growth that we were yet to see. So what I'd like to do is think for a few minutes about how we use social media, okay? We use social media as a platform to present our best self, what I might call our super self. A few years ago, I decided to take a series of trapeze lessons. And you, you see from the, the picture up there that um, some of the pictures that were taken at this series of trapeze lessons, they weren't all that flattering, like that one. And as I'm deciding later which one of these to post to social media, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit says to me, Wealthy, you need to post all of those pictures even the ones that you don't like. Because you, of all people, shouldn't be somebody who edits weakness out of your life. You shouldn't be somebody who edits weakness out of your life. So I posted all of the pictures because I began to realize that one of the things that social media does is it enables and encourages us to edit weakness out of our life. And when we do that, we project a version of ourselves that is untruthful. So when I think about this idea of weakness being heroic, like it said on the title slide, um, I often think about Iron Man. I really love Tony Stark. He's great. Now, if you remember back to the first Iron Man film, 2008, Iron Man's captured by terrorists, right? He's captured by the Ten Rings. And he ends up in a situation where he nearly dies, but he's got shrapnel in his chest clawing its way towards his heart. And that shrapnel, it's only kept in check by a little circle of light, by this electromagnet turned power reactor that serves as essentially his way of escape via the original Iron Man armor. And it's the continued necessity in his life of dealing with this challenge that he now has that leads to the Iron Man technology and persona that he embraces. And a few movies later, in the original Avengers film, he has a conversation about this with Bruce Banner 
in the lab on the shield, shield helicarrier. Tony explains to Bruce that the arc reactor in his chest, that thing that's keeping him alive, he says that it's a part of who he is. It's a part of who he is. And he refers to it as a terrible privilege. Now, Tony doesn't explain to Bruce what that means, but I believe that what he's getting at is that Tony is embodying the idea that this thing that happened to him is terrible because of the circumstances that led to its creation. But it's also a privilege because it's the thing that enables him to do good in the world as Iron Man. He's embodying the idea that the heroic can often emerge from the terrible. That purpose can arise like a phoenix from places of personal pain. As T.D. Jakes once said, the pastor in Texas, your ministry arises from your misery. Your ministry arises from your misery. So when I think about Tony, and I think about him as Iron Man, I often think about the Apostle Paul. I think about Paul's frequent references to weakness, particularly in 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 4, he says, For we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power comes from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but we aren't crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. And later, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the idea that power is made perfect in weakness, that God's power is made perfect in weakness. And when he's talking about his own weakness, the thing that he wants God to get rid of, and God says, no, God says, my grace is sufficient for you in this. The suit that we see that makes Tony Stark super, that suit arose from the deficiency of his circumstances. This is something that I understand because like Tony, I also live with terrible privilege. Now my terrible privilege is something called cerebral palsy. They talked a little bit about it during the introduction. What that means is that cerebral palsy is a medical and mobility challenge rooted in damage to the brain that happened to me because I was born premature and it's led to reduced mobility, muscle function, and motor skills. Now, to overcome the challenges in Tony's life, he's got his Iron Man suits, right? Well, we like to say that I have something too. I have something called the Phoenix, and we'll get to that uh, in a second. So when we talk about this idea of embracing terrible privilege, what I'm getting at is embracing the hardships that exist in our life so that they can be used by God to bring about good for other people. That our weakness is the way that we deeply influence the world around us. So I have something kind of like Tony, and we call it the Phoenix. And you'll see it here on the screen. Um, the phoenix exists 
because of my need. But the phoenix also exists because of my father. He and I designed it together, and then he built it for me. And because of what he built, we've had opportunities on TV, radio, um, in newspapers, and live events just like this. We've had opportunities to tell this story of perseverance, of hope, and of a father's love. Now, the reason the Phoenix came into being is because when I was a student at Cedarville, I was driving around a handicapped tricycle, and I almost got hit by a motorcycle. And my dad saw the situation, determined that I needed something better, and says, well, we're going to build it ourselves because it doesn't exist. And so we did. The Phoenix has saved my life twice. Twice I've gotten in car accidents where I maybe probably should have died. But the Phoenix saved my life. If there are any James Bond fans in the audience this morning, you know that James Bond has access to Q-Branch, right? That's where he gets all his gizmos and his gadgets to do all of his spycraft. Well, we like to say that I have Dad Branch, and that's what Dad Branch built. Now, on my wall at home, I have these two pieces of framed art that are made to look like comic book covers. One of them, you see, is entitled Aaron, and the other one is entitled Welty. And what these represent is they represent kind of the two parts of who I am. The, the Aaron part represents my life as a former you know, Capitol Hill congressional staffer working in politics. Um, and the wealthy part, that's the part of me that loves Star Wars and superheroes and has an eternally 10-year-old inner child named Linus. You know, I named my inner child, guys. It's okay. Um, and the wealthy part of me, I'm really, really good at that. For the folks that were in the class this morning that I was in, you got to see a little bit of what that's like. But the Aaron part of me, that's the part of me that's afflicted with cerebral palsy. That's the part of me that has to deal with the medical and mobility challenges. And that part of my life can be really, really hard. Really tough. Um, now, I said earlier that my cerebral palsy diagnosis occurred um, shortly after I was born, 10 weeks premature. My parents had to decide when that happened, they had to decide if they were going to distance themselves from me so that when I eventually died, because that's what everybody thought was going to happen, that when I eventually died, their pain would be less, or were they willing to press into the situation and literally love me to life? Well, fortunately for me, for them, and I think for all of us, decades before Tony would ever utter the immortal words, my parents decided to say yes to the terrible privilege that they knew I was going to be. Now, I spent most of my early years in hospitals and uh, operating rooms uh, fighting for my life. My first memory is actually of me, my grandmother, and my teddy bear in an oxygen tent in a hospital somewhere. And if that's not a first memory that's drenched in weakness, I don't know what is. In middle school, a recovery from an operation that I underwent went terribly, terribly wrong. 
my digestive system shut down and I began to waste away. In the bathroom that was attached to my hospital room, I looked at myself in the mirror at 14 years old and what I saw was essentially death was hunting me. But not only was death hunting me, death was wearing my face. I began to understand what it must have felt like for Luke Skywalker being hunted by Darth Vader down the Death Star Trench in Star Wars A New Hope. That night, after watching Star Wars with my mom, I cried myself to sleep because the reality of what I was living started weighing in on me and I didn't know if I was going to live or die. But even then, in middle school, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit kept hope alive. And obviously I didn't die in the hospital and I made it out. And I made it out largely because my mom and my grandmother, my grandmother was a nurse, the two of them conspired with my pediatrician back home, the best doctor I've ever had in my entire life. And the doctor says, bring him home. So they launched a black ops mission to get me out of the hospital. And they did, like, the doctors at the hospital didn't want me to leave. But they, but they, they got me out of there and they got me home for Christmas. And they swooped in just like the Millennium Falcon showing up at the end of Battle of Yavin in Star Wars. Guys, part of the reason I love Star Wars so much is because I've lived my own medical version of it. And if that's not a reason to love the galaxy far, far away, I'm not sure I have a better one for you. Now, as you listen, as you hear this, some of you are probably thinking that my situation is unique. And it is, because it's mine, but my wrestling with terrible privilege I don't believe is unique. Because I believe we all have a terrible privilege of one sort or another. We all have something in our lives that is incredibly challenging for us, difficult for us, sometimes it's miserable. But it's the thing that God wants to use in our lives, not only to minister to others, but also to minister to us. You know what my terrible privilege is. So I would ask you, what's yours? Now, Iron Man is not the only uh, character that I think about when I think about when I think about the idea of heroic weakness. No, there is another. The green, syntax-challenged, foolish Muppet that most people know as Yoda. You seek Yoda. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when it comes to Star Wars, Yoda's my guy, and I don't necessarily care a whole lot about voices, but that one I care about. That one I actually practice. <laughs> so, Empire Strikes Back, the greatest movie ever. I hope you've seen it. Luke Skywalker travels to Dagobah at the behest of his late teacher, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And 
he comes across this goblin-esque creature that he thinks is foolish, right? Well, not too long after this, Luke Skywalker experiences a revelation. This revelation that becomes stunned fascination because he can't believe that this creature, this goblin-like creature, shrouded in weakness, is Yoda, the Jedi master full of power and wisdom that he'd been looking for. And this revelation that happens in Luke Skywalker's life, it begins a transformation in him. It begins a transformation in him into the Jedi that we know he's going to become and we want him to become. Now this kind of heroic transformation that I'm talking about, that kind of transformation doesn't happen without revelation. And that kind of revelation doesn't happen without a little bit of foolishness. In 1 Corinthians 127, Paul writes, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things to shame the strong. I think Yoda does this in Star Wars. I think I get to do this in real life. But sometimes, sometimes, uh, we're asked to embrace a particular kind of foolishness. A foolishness I've come to call the foolishness of place. So at the beginning of our time together this morning, I shared with you guys that video where I biffed it in the airport. Um, that adventure that we went on was a trip to Egypt to work with some orphans. And when we got there, I found myself in a place that's a lot like Luke Skywalker on Dagobah. I wondered what I was doing there, and there was a little bit of whining going on in my mind, because Skywalkers whine a lot. Um, <laughs> And in the midst of this, I met a two-year-old little boy named Yessa, the youngest old soul I've ever met in my entire life. You see, Yessa had a calcium deficiency, a calcium deficiency that contributed to an inability to walk. So as I'm watching him struggle and working with some of my friends, I thought, what happens if we put Yessa in blue steel? And we did. And I got to sit back and watch an orphan toddler take his first independent steps of his whole life. I understood in that moment that I had been sent halfway across the world to a place where I felt utterly useless to facilitate a mobility miracle for a little boy. Because it's about my weakness helping someone else and enabling something heroic. Now a few days later, I went to say goodbye to him. That's when this picture was taken. And if you look really close, you can see that Yessa is wearing a shirt with Yoda on it. Now there's no way that his caretakers would have known what a Yoda fanboy I am because they didn't speak any English and I don't speak Arabic. But I think God knew. I know God knew. And that was God's way of saying, Welty, 
You are in the right place, in the right time, exactly where you should be. Now this moment right here, you know, this moment of being able to help him learn to walk, that moment began with me crashing in the airport. That moment began with my foolishness, my weakness, and my pain, and what that taught my team. And that's what set the stage for the mobility miracle that yes, I got to experience. So where does that leave us this morning? I think it leaves us with two things. Many of us need to spend time thinking about what our heroic weakness is. We need to spend time thinking and processing what our terrible privilege is, but not only what it is, but how that can be used to point ourselves and others towards Jesus. The other thing is a lot of us need to think about how we use social media and how we use social media to you know, project that best self, that self that isn't completely truthful. Because when we do that, when we edit weakness out of our lives, we're enticed to projecting something that just isn't. So as I land the Millennium Falcon this morning, I want to leave you with something that I wrote a number of years ago. It might sound a little bit familiar. I call it the lantern prayer. In brightest day, in blackest night, I cannot escape his sight. He who loves me with all his might casts out all fear, Jesus Christ, the light. And down at the bottom you'll see some of the references, scripture references that inspired um, what I wrote. Gang, I have loved getting to spend time with you this morning and share my story. I hope it's been encouraging. Um, thank you for being so gracious. Thank you for being engaged and listening. Um, I really hope that God is able to use this in your life. And as you go, remember, you do not go alone. The Spirit of God goes with you. And I hope that you have a wonderful day.